Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Yeah, doing well. You guys are more responsive than the last service. You must have had your coffee. That's good. Well, my name's Eric. I am the new discipleship pastor here. It's so good to be with you. It's so good uh, to have you guys here. We're right smack in the middle of a series that we're calling Engage. Now, we've been talking about how Engage isn't just a, a dipping your toe in the water. Engage is going all in. Engage is a verb. It's being fully active. It's um, beginning and continuing in an activity with full attention, undivided attention. It's coming together and engaging, uh, interlocking with the people who are around you. I'm curious uh, if you've been here with us through the past several weeks of this series uh, as pastors. We often like uh, feedback to know how we're doing. How many of you uh, as parents um, or even just people in the church are, are attuned now because of Fletcher and Aaron, our children and youth ministry, talking about how do you engage uh, students. You're aware of students. You're trying to engage with them more. Yeah, a few of you. See a few hands. That's awesome. I love that. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about how do you engage in service, right? Not just in our church, but some of the ways that Pastor R was just talking about. I'm curious. Then week two, we were talking about how do you engage in discipleship, to, to be intentional, to have uh, somebody in your life who's holding you accountable to something, who's, who's reading God's word together with you, you're meeting with them. Has anybody stepped into, you've, you're engaging in a discipling relationship? Just show hands. A few of you, yeah. Yes, love that. Um, how many of you this past week, after last Sunday, hearing us talk about how do you engage in God's word, how many of you this week, you, you broke open you know, the paper Bible and you, you got in God's word? Anybody engaging in God's word? Yeah, a lot more hands. I love that. Good, good. It's so wonderful to get to engage in God's word, to get to engage in discipleship, to be with one another. This morning, our topic we're talking about is how do we engage in community? How do we engage in community? And we'll define that in just a minute. Um, but last week, we were talking about how do we engage in God's Word. You may have seen through our social media, we put out uh, four different resources that will hopefully help you engage in God's Word. There's some incredible resources that are out there um, in addition to just your, you know, the commentary and some of these uh, devotional books that are there, uh, we gave you four uh, resources. The first one was Uversion, the Bible app that many of you have on your phone, uh, on your device that's also a website. You can go to uversion.com or bible.com and you can use that. You can set up a profile there where you can read scripture with other people. You can find uh, friends. You can create an account. Um, my favorite thing about Uversion is that it reads to you. So cool. If you're like, you know what, I don't really enjoy reading. I don't get all of that. Like, man, you can go on Uversion and you can allow God's word to read to you. Check out all the different translations uh, because they have different voices and accents and there's a guy who reads like Sean Connery. It's great. So check that out, right? Um, another one, gotquestions.org. There's uh, a fantastic, again, a website and an app. Okay, you can download it and put it right on your phone. When you're reading God's Word and you're like, I've never thought about that before. I have a question. I wonder what that is. You can go on the Got Questions website or in the app and type that question in and it'll help you give biblical answers 
to some of the questions you're wrestling with. The third one was Read Scripture. Again, a website and an app. Readscripture.org uh, is the website there. It's an app you can download. This is a phenomenal tool if you have ever wanted to read through the entire Bible and actually have it make sense. So cool, so cool uh, to get to do that. The Read Scripture app is designed for you to read Scripture with other people to go through that Bible in a year process. Uh, the last one was the Bible Project. Um, again, a website, amazing link, resources, uh, amazing resources that will provide you with greater understanding and perspective into Scripture. If you've not seen the uh, Bible Project website yet, Oh my goodness, go check that out this afternoon. Your mind will be blown on the resources that are free and available to you to help understand God's word, right? There are lots of things in this day and age that we live in with technology uh, where we can get deeper into God's word, really don't have a reason to not engage in God's word. Maybe uh, you're like, somebody told me this week, they're like, you know what, I just like using... To, to study the Bible, I like using a highlighter and a pen. That's great too, I love that too. I, I do that as well. All right, so um, we're engaging in uh, God's word. We've been using this uh, picture, our, our little hikers here on the side of the mountain, uh, the five stages of spiritual growth, right? Through this whole series, we've been talking about how this is a helpful tool. It's an analogy for you to determine where you're at in your spiritual journey, in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so um, we've been talking about how there's these different stages. Those who don't have a relationship yet with Christ, they're spiritually dead. When you begin a relationship with Jesus and you accept the gift that God gave us of what Jesus did by paying the penalty that we deserved, you have new life in Christ. You're, you may be 35 years old, but you're now a spiritual infant. And spiritual infants need people to help them to come along the same way that a physical infant might. And so all along the way, we're on this journey. Not one is greater than the other. Please don't misunderstand that. We're all at different stages and seasons and chapters of life, of our journey. Sometimes it can feel like a shoots and ladders game, right? You're right. You think you're a spiritual parent and you've arrived and you're helping other people and then whoop, right back down the mountain you go. <laughs> The red line that connects us and ties us all together, we've been talking about, is God's word and how we need God's word. Well, this morning we're going to look into God's word and we're going to talk about community. We're going to talk about this, this word. We're called Grace Community Church, but that means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. We talked about a couple weeks ago how discipleship is, is a word that a lot of different churches might define differently. Community is one of those words. What do we mean when we say community? We've heard even this morning, Pastor R talking about how we want to be as a church present in our community of Frederick, right? You live in a community, many of you live in a neighborhood that has a community association. You're part of a community of whatever neighborhood or, or subgroup of city you live in. Many of you are part of another community. You're part of communities within your schools or a book club or wherever your kids go to school. How many of you uh, are minivan drivers? I am now a minivan driver, so I'm a part of your community. Is there like a forum that we can talk about like features? And that would be awesome. I, I'm needing some help with that. 
but we're, we're community is all around us, and it means a lot of different things. So I thought it might be fun this week to ask our church staff. We have an awesome church staff here, but I thought, let's get their wealth of knowledge in terms of defining community. You guys curious to hear some of the things that the staff came up with? I even tried to like give them a, a, a pointed question to lead them in a direction, and it didn't work. Here's, here's what they said. You, I won't tell you who they are. You can figure it out for yourself. Uh, fellowship. Somebody said, community is fellowship, friendship, grace, accountability, growth, service, love. And then they said, these are just words that are associated in my mind with community when I think about those relationships. Somebody else said, community can be experienced corporately and individually. We need the corporate community meeting together for worship, teaching like we are here, and individually, they said, surrounded with community daily in our work and team environment. She said that was pretty good. Oh, I, I wasn't going to give you any pronouns, so you guys can think through who these are. Uh, another person said, love and acceptance, honesty, encouragement, doing life together for the big and small things in life. As I'm reading these, I hope that your hearts are connecting to key words or definitions because you realize that you need those types of relationships in your life. Somebody else uh, said, I hear the jingle from Cheers where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came. It's not fun <laughs> that somebody thought of that one. An old TV show. All right, somebody else said, uh, I think of Ephesians 4, 15 and 16, where you see examples of building each other up in love using the spiritual gifts that God has given us. Somebody else said, a group of people coming together for a common purpose, to be in Christian fellowship with one another. Somebody else said, our internet and phones are working again. You can all come back to the office now. That was Brenda Rhoda. She was... Our internet went down, so this was all in a group chat. <laughs> that was in the midst of all these. She wanted some more community because we'd gone to Starbucks. All right, the last one then. A mutually agreed upon commitment to love, serve, and speak truth into each other. Those are some good definitions for community. How, how would you define community? For me, as I wrestled with this this week, I, I thought it, it really boils down at the heart of it, the bottom line is this. Community is friends who are like family. Community is having friends who are like family. When you say that's true, community is having friends who are like family. We want to be in a, a group of people who love us enough that will speak truth to us, who, who love spending time with us, who we enjoy being in their company. Paul, earlier in, in the service, he read from Acts chapter two. Let's turn there and look at this. Acts chapter two, if you need a Bible, you can put your hand up and one of our ushers will get you one. Acts chapter two, we're gonna look at verses 42 through 47. It says this, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Are you in a community where you do that? Community where you're engaging in God's word, where you're, you're studying the teaching, the fellowship, you're breaking bread together, you're spending time in prayer. Check out the, the blessing. Look what, look what happens because of this. Verse 43, it says, and awe came upon every soul. And many 
wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. When was the last time, I'm just curious, think this through, that, that you left here on a Sunday morning in awe, in a state of awe because of being together? When was the last time you left your small group in a state of awe because of the community, the fellowship that you experienced? That's an end result of the early church spending time together. Look at verse 44. It says, And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Isn't that so cool to see the picture, how God designed it, the early church, that they were together, breaking bread in their homes, studying God's word in prayer, and the result is that they were in awe. Their needs were met. <laughs> they, they received everything with a generous heart. What a beautiful picture. And yet, for many of us, when, when we look at where we're at on that spiritual journey and we, when we assess ourselves, and, and maybe I, I know people who are spiritual infants and they, they think, well, I just need God's word. I, I don't want to go to church. Maybe they've been burned by the church. Look, there's imperfect people in churches. I don't care what church you go to. There's people there. It's not going to be perfect. They've had a bad experience that maybe left them tainted, and they said, you know what? I, don't, I want Jesus, but I don't want the church. I don't want to be around people. I want to engage in Scripture that's all well and good, but look, here's the picture of what that's like, being a spiritual infant connected to God's word, but we need each other. The Bible is so clear about how much we need each other. Maybe you know a spiritual parent who's kind of in that same place where they, they, they just really long to be in God's word, but they, they don't want to be around other people. They're the kind of people that maybe they, they love God's word, but they come to church late and they, they slip out early because they don't want to have to engage with anybody. It's this picture of the parent who's not really helping anybody around them. In fact, they've isolated themselves so that they don't have to. We need each other. We need people in our lives. We need people in our lives who are at different places along the spiritual journey to help us out, to help us grow, to challenge us. This morning we're going to look at a book, the book that talks about how we can engage in community. We don't know the author of this book. I want to give you some hints. Does anybody know what book of the Bible talks about community? I'll give you a hint. It's the only book of the Bible that talks about men can brew coffee. I know. Hebrews. <laughs> I had to get one pastor's joke in there. <laughs> Hebrews. Some of you didn't have your coffee this morning because your husband didn't make it. All right, that's okay. Hebrews. We don't know the author. Here's the thing about Hebrews. We don't know the author. We don't know really who it's written to. Some people think it was Paul. Some people think maybe Apollos wrote it. Maybe Barnabas wrote it. All we know for certain 
is that the author was thoroughly familiar with the, the people that he was writing to. He's so familiar with the people that he's writing to that he uses the words we, us, our, constantly. This week, I, I would challenge you to read through the book of Hebrews and, and just look for those things, to, to test it out, to see th- those pieces, we, us, ours. Through this book, the, the, the purpose of Hebrews compares and contrasts Jesus to key historical figures and events that are seen in the Old Testament. These comparisons we see ultimately are, are prioritizing Jesus as superior over everyone and everything. It doesn't matter what the context, it doesn't matter what the culture is, Jesus reigns supreme. We see this chapter after chapter, verse after verse through the book of Hebrews. These comparisons are, are that Jesus is, is greater than the angels. He's greater than the Torah. He's greater than Moses. He's greater than the promised land. He's greater than the priest. He's greater than the high priest, Melchizedek. He's greater than sacrifices. He's greater than the covenant. Man, read the book of Hebrews and you will see a man who reigns supreme, Jesus. Is that true for you and your life? Is he greater? Is he greater than anyone or anything? Is that evidenced in your life? Here's the the key thing. With with the book of Hebrews, the author, as I already said, he is in very close community with his readers. And we don't know who those readers are. It's the Hebrews. It's Jewish Christians. We don't know where they're located. And I think that's for a reason. So that we can fit into that audience as believers, as part of this community where we would read this letter and understand that it is for us. It's written for you and I. And so as you read through the book of Hebrews to realize that somebody is writing to you, someone is speaking to you, the question is, are you listening? Are you listening to what God's word has to say to you? Let's look at verse 1 and 2 of Hebrews chapter 1. It says this, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke. Who's speaking here? God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken, God's still speaking, to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he created the world. Let's compare this, verses 1 and verse 2. Long ago, Verses in verse 2, in these last days, God is still speaking in both, but God spoke to our fathers. Look at even the verbiage here. Our fathers. Through the prophets, verse 2, God spoke to us by his son, Jesus, who through having right relationship with Jesus, we too are a part of this family, the family of God. It's amazing that we are connected to this. When we read this book, that us, we, our, it's you and I, we fit in here. This is speaking to us. Are you listening? Oh, this is amazing. Look at, look at there, there are 42 times where the author uses the word we in 13 chapters. 
42 times the author uses the word we. 23 times he uses the word us. Another 15 times he uses our. There's three times where you see the phrase one another. There's 13 times where you see the phrase let us. Not like a salad, let us do something together. It is good for you like a salad. Let's look at some of these. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 14. This is one of the very first times that we see that phrase, let us do something. It's together. The author is writing to us as a group, as community. We see, he says in verse 14 of Hebrews chapter 4, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. There it is, the command, let us hold fast our confession. Oftentimes in God's word, especially in the book of Hebrews, when we see a command, it's followed by a promise. If you do this, this is what you will receive. This is so cool because he says, let us hold fast our confession. For verse 15, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, you and I, and yet he was without sin. Anybody else just get chills? I love that. That is incredible. What's the, what's the command? What's the thing that we should do in community? Let us hold fast to our confession of who Jesus is, that he reigns supreme, that he is lifted high, that he is the one to be glorified. See, th this weekend is, is National uh, Fantasy Football Weekend. Football season starts soon, and, and so everybody that's involved in fantasy football, they're doing their drafts about this time. I'm one of those. I have two drafts this weekend. Now, here's the thing. This week, I, I love listening to like sports. I love talking sports. I love being in community where we do sports. This week, because of what we're talking about in the series and, and just having talked even last week about engaging in God's word, I found myself literally turning off the sports radio and listening to God's word as I was driving. I, I, I've never, I can't, I can honestly say I've never really felt the urge to do that before. But this week as I was listening to, to sports talk radio, I just, I was like, I don't want this. I want God's word. I just want to be in his word. I want to draw near. I want to hold fast. Look at, look at verse 16. Then he says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We, us, our, we get to draw near to him who, who reigns supreme, who sits at the right hand of the throne of God and is our intercessor. He's our, our mediator. He, he goes to the Father on our behalf is what Jesus does for you and I. And let us draw near to him with confidence. Let's look at another one. Turn, turn to chapter 10. Verses 22 and on, another let us phrase, let us draw near that same idea with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. 
Again, that idea of drawing near to God because of what he's done. Then verse 23, another (laughs) let us, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Here's another promise, for he who promised is faithful. Verse 24, and let us consider how to stir up one another towards love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Church, are you engaged in a community, in a small group, in in, in having spiritual conversations with people where it looks like this? Where you're encouraging each other all the more as you see the day approaching? When, when you, you've missed seeing somebody for a while, do you call them up? Hey, where are you? Don't be alone. I need you around. Turn to chapter 12. Let's keep going. Chapter 12, I, I told you last week, Hebrews chapter 12 is one of my favorite chapters in all of God's word. And here's why. Look at it. Verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. You might think, like, that sounds weird. Who are those people? Well, anytime you see the word therefore, you should probably read what is before it so that you can understand what the word therefore is there for. There's a little tip for you, okay? I know, you're like, duh. Eric, you're not that smart. We know that. Okay, here's the thing. Hebrews chapter 11 is talking about the men and women of faith in the Old Testament. The people who like were awesome examples of how they lived their life in relationship with Jesus. And so now in Hebrews 12, since we're surrounded by those people, since we're in community with them, let us, here it is, throw off, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Can we put our our picture back up here of our journey, our spiritual journey? Look, some of you, you're getting lost in like our our five stages here because you're thinking like, Eric, the spiritual parents, they're at the top and they're the ones pulling, they're the ones doing all the work. Well, if I'm a spiritual parent and I'm pulling, does that mean that like I'm, I'm alone at the top? Like it's lonely at the top. You've heard that phrase. Like what does that mean? No. If you're in spiritual community and you've got these other people around you helping you out, and yet there's other spiritual parents who are around you who are helping, and yet, check this out, God's word, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, even those who have gone before us, let us lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance this race, picture this, the stages that is set before us, verse two, looking to Jesus. It doesn't say the spiritual parent, looking to Jesus, who is the author, the founder, the perfecter of our faith. See, Jesus is the one at the top that we are to fix our eyes on him because he did that, who, who, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Guys, this is incredible that, that, that Jesus is who we look to. If you're being discipled by somebody, if they're not fixing their eyes on Jesus and following after him, then I'm going to argue you shouldn't be discipled by that person. 
If they want you to become more dependent on them than you are on Jesus, then you need to cut that relationship. How are you doing at engaging in community? Here's something that I was wrestling with this week. How are we doing at having spiritual conversations with people? If you're like me, you love to talk about all kinds of things in our culture, the best restaurants to go to, the types of minivans to buy, the the things that you do together with your families, movies, music, TV shows, all kinds of things. We have people who who are friends that are, are like family, but do you engage in spiritual conversations with them? Within your families, do you guys talk about, hey, what's God been teaching you lately? I'm guessing that for most of us, myself included, those are things that we don't often do. Those are conversations we don't normally have because it can be weird sometimes. But look, if we're really engaging in community and we're really engaging in God's word and we're really engaging in discipleship, wherever stage or season of life we're in, and we understand that we need each other, and God's word connects us and ties us together, then shouldn't we be having spiritual conversations? Shouldn't it be normal? Shouldn't one of the first things that we talk about in conversation is what God's done for us? What we're learning, what he's teaching us? To go back to Acts chapter two, we see that. They devoted themselves to that. They prioritized it. And they were in awe of what God did. Do you need to be in awe of what God does? I just can't help but wonder if, if, if maybe it's because we're not engaging in this process of biblical discipleship that God gives us through his word. I want to invite the praise team to come back up. As we sing this last song, I want you to just kind of think about what is it that God is saying to you? We ask the question that, that he's written this, this letter to you Are you going to read it? Are you going to listen? But see, understanding God's word and being in Christian community with people is so much more than just reading and knowing his word. It's living it out. In Christian community, we need each other. And so this morning, it's my hope and prayer that God's putting something on your heart that you need to be obedient to. On the bottom of your notes, there's a little spot that says application for me. That's not for Eric, it's for you. (laughs) Would you write down what it is that God's asking you to do and would you share that with somebody else before you leave today? If you're still not sure, then as we sing this song, would you just think through, God, help me. What is it? What is it? And Would you commit to doing that thing this week? Maybe it's reading the book of Hebrews. Maybe it's doing it with somebody. Maybe it's engaging in spiritual conversation. Maybe it's something completely different, but I just pray that you would, you would be sensitive to what the Spirit is asking you to do. Stand and sing with us as we close. At the end of Hebrews chapter 12, we see another let us phrase, and it says this, therefore let us be grateful receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and check this next word, and awe. That we would be in awe of Him. 
Verse 29 says, for our God is a consuming fire. These are commands. These are things that we get to do. We get to be in the presence of God. And we get to worship him. And the an end result is that we would be in awe, just like the church in Acts 2. To be in awe. Are you guys with me on that? To just be in awe of God for what he's done. Maybe if you're not there, that's okay. Our God is a consuming fire. And if he's in somebody else who is just spiritually on fire, then you got to get next to that person. And you got to have them engage with you in some spiritual conversation so that you will catch that fire. And that we would spread it, that we would multiply because God has invited us to be a part of his plan that we would reach the world for Jesus. It's not something we take lightly here. We really believe that we can do that. That he would send us out. So this week as you go, man, would you just be in awe of who God is. Engage in the community that he gives us. Engage in spiritual conversations. Be obedient to what it is that he's asking you to do. And I guarantee you will be in awe. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, you are so good to us. Lord, we are grateful. We're amazed by you. Lord, this morning we stand in awe of who you are, that you've written us this letter that we can read, that we can understand that you are speaking to us, Lord. You have a plan for our lives, and part of that plan is for us to be on mission with you. So God, would you use us this week? Help us not to miss opportunities that we have to point people to you. God, help us more than anything to be obedient to whatever it is that you're asking us to do. We love you, God. We pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. Have a great week.